0: Let's say I'm Brad and I'm a 50% saver, but that's not including when you'll pull it out of the vault and spend it. Exactly. You're just initially when I get my check, I have a 50%, uh-huh. but since it's liquid, I have not, it's almost like a gambler who never talks about his losses. Doesn't mean I'm never spending that money. But I'm positioning it properly the first time.
1: rather than having to wait until you're 65. If you're ready to take immediate action, join us over at cashflowtactics.com forward slash podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Rise Up Live Free podcast. Today, I'm joined by the one and only Jimmy Vreeland. And Jimmy is playing a very specific role in this podcast. Warning in advance, we might get a little nerdier. I'm going to tend to want to go down the rabbit hole and Jimmy's the one that's going to reach down, grab me by the ears and pull me back out. Yeah, Ryan was going off this
0: podcast because I'm like, there's no way you two could do this together because it'll go way too deep that nobody will If they do understand it, they won't care. So
1: this is the balancing power of the trio inside of Casual Tactics. So the topic today is the secrets of the vault. Super exciting, a very, very fun topic. And uh, as a side note to this, some interesting evidence of the vault that we found out there. Cause I get told all the time, no, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No one ever does this. You're wrong. You're just trying to make a commission. It's, it's a dying industry. You shouldn't do it. But our good friend, Joseph Biden Jr., we discovered follows this exact same strategy that we're talking about.
0: Could he be a secret <laughs> capitalist?
1: Uh-oh, maybe deep down inside. If you look at his tax return, he definitely is. So with that, Let's kick it off. So to get started, we want to recap a couple conversation points just to have uh, locked and loaded the principles we need to be able to understand the vault. Because Jimmy, does it work very well if we try to understand the vault through the lens of rate of return? No. No. What about trying to retire at age 65 with a big pile of cash?
0: Okay, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's
1: not really the point though, right? right? So what we're looking for here, we've got to understand, let's come quickly back to the core four 4 pillars, Okay. Because these are the lenses that when we put these on this, it's these two lenses that dictate our actions, yeah. right? So there's an infinite number of choices of what we could do with our money. And if we try to analyze A versus B and B versus C and C versus D, we end up in analysis paralysis yeah. and we don't actually move anywhere. So the core four is our shortcut to be able to look at something and say yes or no. Yeah. Okay. So quick recap of the core four. You start with core four. I'll hit core uh, four pillars.
0: Okay. So, and I want to do appreciation. Uh, I want to do appreciation. You want to do p- four pillars? Yeah, All right, do I'll
1: do core four. four. So core four is that the, those that are in control of their finances, those that become financially free, look to increase two things and decrease two other things. Yep. Okay. So this flies in the face of traditional, which is high risk, high reward. reward, right? That's the model that most people follow. However, that is not the, the model that the, that the 3% of the wealthy follow. The 3% of the wealthy do have to make enough money. Their money doesn't get out of bed unless it's going to work for them. So we will look to increase rate of return. But the way that we do that is by first looking at how much control we have. And we look to increase our control. So those are the two things we increase. Increase return, increase control. And then we look at the two things we systematically look to reduce and or eliminate, which is risk. I know it's complete opposite. We lower our risk. I know we you wanted to into this
0: really quick, but I I think the fundamental reason traditional financial plan, planning gets wrong is because they use words poorly and they define Completely. they don't define risk correctly. Define. About- I know you thought I was on my phone texting. I was actually yeah. looking up, re-googling, uh, the definition of risk. Let's look at. It. Okay, so I really, man, I want to get into. Th- the definition of risk I was in how I lost. Not this episode, yeah. Dollars. We are yeah. yeah. So basically the Google definition is a situation involving exposure to danger or loss. And so Okay, so let so finish the sentence instead of with
1: the word risk with the definition of risk. In order to make more money, I have
0: to expose myself to more either more situations or a situations where I have a greater exposure to danger does make or a loss.
1: Doesn't make any sense at all.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Cool. So
1: that's core four. So, but when I when I go through the core four, yeah, because because people look at risk as like, well, how much money am I am I going to make, right? right? And they
0: and they but want to use it, but it's so, just not societal wise. I think there's such a poor understanding of what real risk is,
1: and they look at it from a standpoint of external to them that they have no influence or control over a thing is either risky or not risky yeah And that's not true either right not every situation is dangerous for the same person i think i got it
0: i think i got an army story oh
1: all right i love oh so, uh, we love yeah museums, army what do
0: you think is safer jumping out of airplanes or riding around in tanks it seems like a tank having a that much metal around me would be safer i've i've Definitely thought jumping out of an airplane was much safer than riding around in the tank. (laughs) If you were on the ground, you probably know. And it's like, especially in a a combat zone where roadside bombs were the main tool of the enemy, I was like, I would much rather be flying somewhere and then dropping in. Hmm. And so that's the other thing about risk is different things are risky for different people. Yeah. If you're a if you're a, I would say if you're like a specialist uh, skydiver or parachuter that is much less riskier than being a novice at say uh what is this thing ryan loves to drive around
1: in? the uh yeah quad yeah so somebody like
0: me a novice quad driver who always flips them that's, that's a much dangerous. riskier situation yeah. than an experienced parachute. yeah and i think about
1: it this way like brain surgery right like brain surgery if i were to wake up this morning and need to do brain surgery on jimmy i would be freaking out that's crazy risky no way so it's it, it, it's, a, it's a risky activity. brain surgeon
0: has spent years lowering, gaining more control, and lowering his risk.
1: Yes. So that he doesn't wake up totally freaking out You're about to cut a human brain open, right? Yeah. So we've taken an activity that has its inherent risk, the inherent uncertainty. And we, uncertainty is probably a better way to yes. look at it. And then by lowering risk, we create a payoff. Yes. That's how we make money. Isn't by engaging in something that has a high possible payoff. It's by engaging in something and then lowering the risk to create that payoff. And this leads into the four pillars. Yes. You can systematically lower. risk, And that's where the four pillars come in. Because when I explain the core four people, they (laughs) say, yes, like either it blows their mind and they get it right away. Yeah. Or they say, oh, yeah, I. I like what you're saying, and this is intriguing, but what fantasy land do you live in where there are places that I can have a lot of control and not very much risk, right?
0: Well, Neil, here's the the real fantasy land. I think this thinking comes from casinos. Like a lot of probability is based off of casino probabilities.
1: Well, and it comes from only being exposed to a world where we make money one way. Yeah. Where we are where we're told it's investing, but we're actually doing is speculating. And the most
0: obvious place people deal with uncertainty on the surface is in casinos. Even though, quite frankly, life is filled with uncertainty and risk. All over the place. So
1: the the tool we then use to systematically lower the risk and the activities that we engage in are the four pillars. That's how we increase our control and decrease our risk. So walk us through the four pillars.
0: So we'll start off with, and everybody knows, appreciation. Buy low,
1: sell high. So we can make money by the things that we buy going up in value.
0: Yes. Sweet. Then there is cash flow. Cash flow. That monthly, annually, whatever time period you want to set, the cash you bring in is greater than what you spend. Great. Then you have leverage that you can use other people's money to gain control of your assets. Yep. And then... Tax.
1: We love taxes so much; it's in there twice. Yeah,
0: only invest in things that the government rewards you, or at least doesn't punish you as highly as everybody else to invest. In. Okay, so we love these concepts so much. We
1: were only going to just touch on them for two minutes and then move along, but we're now eight minutes deep, and we we just we love this concept so much we can't. And I just love out. it. I love
0: the discussion on risk and uncertainty. Yeah, it's
1: so great. So, core four four pillars is our lens. Okay. So now I'm going to bring one other lens into it, and then we're going to enter, finally enter the conversation of the ball, Okay? Yeah. So the other lens we want to look at is in our, our game plan of money, there's three main activities we have to master. Okay? And they go in order. If you want too many people look at wanting to be financially free and they say, well, how do I invest to do that? But that's the third step. The first step is making money. If you are broke, and you're not making enough money. It's really, really hard to become financially free. So a lot of people's game plans start with, "How are you going to make more money? What are you going to do to raise your value in society so that you can make more money?" Is that uh, is that? Wait a minute, you mean I have to change?
0: You not mean I, you have, the system doesn't <laughs> have to change? But I can't. You mean I have to change? Exactly. Right. No, no, no. no. Why don't we just change the system, right? Because quite frankly, They're I'm not perfect the way I started. You are a beautiful. I'm so special. Me. Okay. And everybody. And
1: you can, and if you want to believe that, I will talk to you when you're 65. and We'll see how things between
0: work. you and me and the podcast listeners of the thousands of game plans you've done. Mm-hmm. How many people actually believe that? That they have to change. The system has to change, not them.
1: Oh, that's that's what everybody comes in like. We do. I'll have people be like, "Well, you told me regardless of age, income, or experience, and now you're telling me you have to make more money." I'm like, yeah. Yeah, like because regardless of your age, income or your experience, you can make more money. You can change. You can be a lot better off.
0: So but I would bet it's
1: 40%. It's more than that. It's, I think 80% of people start with that. Yeah. That I idea that, that show idea. me a better system yeah. that gets me as I am now where I want to go. Right. And then we go through this conversation and there are the, and we'll talk about it internally. Like we'll get our coaches together or me, you and Ryan will have talks with we'll people like, I, How did they not get it? How did they miss it? Yeah. The biggest part of where people miss the the mark to becoming financially free is they think it's the system, not themselves. Right. And those that will take that internal locus of control and say, okay, if this isn't working, I'm going to go change and go do something different, then those are the ones that can get on a path and this all makes sense.
0: And then what, so 80% are initially resistant? Yeah. How many are like, okay, I get it. Yeah, you're right.
1: It's probably unfair because we do a really good job telling you that this is going to be hard before you get into it. Yeah. But I would say then at that point, it's more like 60% say, yeah, okay, that's probably 50-50, maybe a little better than that because we do a good job. I mean, it's
0: a tough argument. Like the system you're using definitely has to change. Yeah. But then you have to change as well.
1: Along with it.
0: Yeah. Yep. So... All right, so back to
1: that so that, that step number 1. Yeah. Step number 3 is we've got to invest. We have to learn to make our money yeah. work for us. Like Warren Buffett was not wrong when he said if you don't learn to make money when you sleep, then you'll work every day in your life. So, but it starts with making money. Then there's the conversation of keeping money. Then there's the conversation of growing our money or investing, yep. okay? So those three pieces, so we've got the core four four pillars and we got this make, keep and grow money. Now we're positioned to actually have a conversation about what the vault is and what it helps us accomplish because it is not a money-making vehicle. This isn't something that we can get in actively improve to make more money in our life, right? It's also not the the vehicle that grows our money necessarily either. It has elements of it. And because the financial world talks so much about investing-
0: It definitely grows your money. It just doesn't grow it at a-
1: Fast enough for to, to be on CNC. To, yeah, or or to become financially free using that vehicle alone. Yeah. So when Dave Ramsey looks at it and is trying to solve the impossible solve of retirement, right, this vehicle doesn't work because it can't lie to you like the stock market can. We can't go tease the numbers and pull out a number that we need and, and it's say. It's so boring. It's so incredibly boring. Yeah. So the purpose of the vault sits in the category of keeping the money that we make. Yes. Okay, and guys, we've worked with people all the way from you know making not enough money to be financially free, all the way to people making multiple seven figures. We've worked with billionaire business owners.
0: I gotta ask a question about the billionaires. Yeah, it's like so they're used to some family office guy coming to them, be like, you know, huh? "I'm going to get this rate of return for your money," and then you come in and you're like, "Hey, I'm, I'm Brad. It's, it's going to sit here. It's going to beat inflation. It's going to be and it's going to be safe," and then. You don't have to think about it anymore. How does that? I, I believe they probably get relieved. At yes. The,
1: conversation. the the more money somebody makes in their life, the more they love the vault. Yeah. And that's why it's hiding in plain sight. And that's why the average person hasn't heard about it because you're average, right? And you need, because you're 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 average, you're not willing to change. So then you're looking to be saved by an investment vehicle. That's why you've never heard about this. But those that are that are good producers that make a lot of money and have gone through the pain of changing themselves, love this vehicle because it makes sense. It checks the box. But here's why, really quickly, why keeping money is actually more important than
0: any investment you'll ever make. Well, and then back to your boy, the Oracle of Omaha. Like, number one rule of investing is don't Don't lose money. money. And like I first time I saw that, I was like, huh? And then second rule money, don't lose money, I was like Huh? That doesn't make any what? sense. But before I could make a lot of money, I I needed investments to make me a lot of money. But so, so I didn't understand. Yeah, it, but you're, you're I, in
1: this loop that yeah. you can't get out of.
0: Right? He, it was, I, and that's what I do love about Buffett is he speaks in like these. He speaks very roundabout. Well, yeah, very guarded a little bit. Of yeah, like, socratic method. like, math, no, like a real. a little bit. Yeah, and he's a hundred and ten percent right. Yeah, and interesting, Buffett.
1: Made two incredibly boring investments. that gave birth to 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 all of Berkshire Hathaway. We'll do that in another one. But one of them was a life insurance company. Actually, oh, yeah. okay. So keeping money. Really quick frame on how important this is. Then let's get into how the vault helps us accomplish that. And then we're getting Jimmy. We got a great story from you. We're going to touch on Joe Biden's financial disclosure, which shows that. Well, he's, and I would love these as well.
0: I've talked on the podcast before, but I would love to talk about my experience with the vault during the Corona. Yeah.
1: I'll, we'll get to all of that. Yeah. So, so how important is keeping money? So I did a little math because I love to do math, uh, as everybody knows. And I tried to figure out okay, the difference between making another dollar and keeping a dollar that we already have. Okay, The most expensive money in your life is the money that's in your wallet right now. Brad, what do you mean? Money is money is money. No. Not at all. Not all dollars are created equal. The most expensive money is the dollar in your pocket. Why? Because you had to go to work. If you're an employee, you had to go to work trade time, get a dollar. Then you had to pay taxes on it. You had to pay the federal government. You had to pay for Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. You had to pay your state taxing authority if you have one, okay? Then you got your net check. Then you had to pay for your mortgage. You had to pay for your car. You had to pay for food. You had to pay for your kids' dance lessons. You had to pay for all of that stuff. And then after doing all of that, you had to hold on to that last dollar that made it all the way into your wallet.
0: So how if you have one dollar in your pocket, how much did you have to ask? The average
1: price? employee has to make at least twenty dollars for one dollar to end up in their wallet and savings. Twenty dollars on the front okay. end to net a dollar in their pocket. So that means if I can just show you how to keep one dollar you weren't keeping before, yeah. that's like making twenty bucks. Okay. The average business owner, it's well over a thousand
0: dollars. Right. That yeah, cause I was just about to say, like, well, it's like for me, for a business owner to have a dollar in their pocket, they gotta pay the team, Yep, they gotta pay the taxes, they gotta do all this stuff, you pay all their overhead, yeah. their
1: inventory, all of that, then they get their portion of it, then they pay their individual taxes, then they fund their individual yeah. lifestyle, and all it. Th- so it's well over $1,000 yeah. for the average business owner that if I can keep one, it replaces $1,000 in revenue. Yep. As you see how the probably the thing keeping you from being wealthy is how much you're keeping, not, your rate of return. And Jimmy, you've always affectionately- return. you've always affectionately, it's a lot of work, isn't it? Yeah. I don't want rate of return. I just want to keep want my cash. what I have, right? Yeah. And you've always affectionately returned to me and Ryan as cash,
0: cash camels, because we always- These guys, <laughs> like people come into our community and they're just like, Ryan and Brad are like, just need to save like 60% of what you make. And I'm like, like not when that hard. we first started hanging out and I was like, we were in San Diego when you told me how much percent of your money you actually yeah. save. And I, I hugged my head that day. I'm like, I'm the most irresponsible. <laughs> but like, I just eventually compromised with myself. Like, look, richest man in Babylon, 10%. I'm get it, get it figured out. You don't have to go extreme, Ryan and Brad. Stop. Yeah,
1: bare, bare minimum is 10%. But yeah. it's because we've mastered the concept, the strategy of the vault. Okay. So. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down. Jimmy's is going to pull me out of the rabbit hole, and then we're going to tell some really good stories, and we're going to wrap this thing up. So the way the vault, the purpose of the vault is help to keep more of the money that's already coming into our life. And so we need a storage. But nobody in,
0: on CNBC, nobody in traditional financing is saying you need a safe liquid store. They're saying everything you have needs to be constantly grinding inside the market.
1: That's because they don't know you. That's because they don't really care about you. They're just trying to get watch time so they can sell commercials, Yeah, right? They don't have to actually tell you anything that works.
0: And that's, I mean, one thing Corona shows why these one ks are so dangerous is in an illiquid time, what's the first thing the government did? made these liquid, made them liquid. So obviously, liquidity is in times of crisis is incredibly important. huge. So let's go
1: through. That's the analysis. Let's take the vault. Okay. And again, to define the strategy of the vault, the strategy of the vault is bigger than the life insurance policy. Okay. At the core of what we call the vault strategy is a, an overfunded whole life insurance policy. Oh, but Brad, what about IUL? It makes more money. But no way to do that, Brad, because right? I'm going to spike my face and cut off my nose because <laughs> I don't want you to have permission. But on in addition to this, the, the vault strategy is bigger than that. It's acknowledging that saving money is important, keeping the money that we have, positioning it to be liquid, protecting it from taxes, and then deploying it. it, it's all of that that system. So it starts with every dollar that comes into our life that we're saving has to be positioned appropriately. And has to be positioned in alignment with the core four and the four pillars, okay? So let's talk about when you have a dollar where, let's go through some scenarios of where you could put it and see if it passes core four, four pillars, okay? okay? And let's just skip right to four pillars. That's because in okay. most most savings vehicles, we don't take a lot of risk. We have a fair amount of control. Like we, we have some understanding. So
0: about. I had a loose understanding of four pillars before we met uh-huh. and you know, I got, you know, Kiyosaki talks a lot about four pillars. And so I knew I wanted real estate because of the four pillars. And so I didn't understand the core four, but I knew I needed something that appreciated cash flowed, I could use leverage for and then it was tax had tax advantages. So that that's an important part. I think if you're new to the vault and like you still want to say, I want to compare my returns to Wall Street, like if you're if you're sold on the fact that you need the four pillars, that's where I was before I met you guys. But and then just so keep back, back in the back of your mind if you believe in the four pillars, this conversation makes a lot more sense. Well,
1: and well, th- and that's a really good point. So if you're gonna try to compare returns, right, are all returns created equal? No. Right. So you're trying to compare a hypothetical return of someone else yeah. playing a very complicated game that you don't understand versus something with core four four pillars, which by definitions means it's predictable and virtually independent of the player. And Anybody can do it, and anybody can do this it. Is right? the other reason I really like real estate. So I don't like to compare myself. If I was going to go toe to toe with Jimmy as a real estate flipper, I don't want to play that game, right? That's the idea of like, well, this one guy made a bunch of money in the market, <laughs> but you're telling me the vault only does this, right? Like that that's not the game we're trying to play here.
0: So let's <laughs> line let's line this up with, with no. But imagine that conversation, like what Jimmy makes this this. Call it 20% return. Yeah. Flipping houses. You should flip houses. Yeah, you're going to sell me a vault? No, I should be out there flipping houses. And then you'd be like, okay, we'll go flip houses. And then they'd be like, oh, that's a lot we... of work. And and we actually do that. People
1: are like, people come to us unhappy with their financial plan, stuck, frustrated, knowing that something's not working. And then when we show them, it's not ready to return, it's core four, four pillars, then they want to fight with us. Right. They're like, wow, but he said that a lot of times we're like... Oh, no. Cool. It sounds like you haven't figured out.
0: Go back to what you thought you wanted to do and keep doing secret works. My my brother-in-law's uncle's college roommate's father-in-law's sister is investing a combination mix of Tesla and the S&P 500 and Apple. And they're getting 12.6%. Why are you coming to me with this crap, Brad? So, well, then go do that. Right. I mean, if if you're that confident, don't talk to me.
1: Don't waste your time with me. Go do that. Yeah. Right. And then they'll be like, well, no, I don't. I still want. So it's a fun circular yeah. conversation and I love I'm treating really glad I don't do I, I love treating people like 4-year-olds and saying go try it. Right. Go do right. it. Learn your lesson then we'll talk well,
0: about it. That, that's another podcast subject but like it's the debate around money that too that people people just want to be involved in the debate.
1: And that's why advice is so dangerous cuz it's so laced with opinion and it's uh-huh. so laced with your own experience versus somebody else's experience yeah, and they a completely want it with different they time. argument. Don't- yeah. Yeah. Has nothing to do with that's why we just cut straight to the chase of principles. Show me the framework, show me the formula. Let's debate principles, not your father-in-law's brothers, sisters, cousin once removed. Like that's yeah. that's not useful to building a system we can rely on. Yeah. Okay. So what when I have savings, let's just start with a very basic bank account. Okay. Right? I can put my money in a bank account. Yep. Okay. I have a lot of control. Don't have at least very much perceived risk, right? we Could go into the whole bank's main collapse and they're insolvent or whatever, but really, yeah. we don't have a lot of risk. Yeah, there. we're not paying any taxes, but that's because we're not actually making any money, right. right? But does a bank account appreciate?
0: Does not beat inflation, so I'll say no, no,
1: exactly. And when it comes to a savings vehicle, the rate required rate of return is that we beat inflation, yeah, because if we're not beating inflation, we're losing money where it's not a store of value, yeah, okay, so it doesn't beat inflation. Is it cash flow? No, no, does it? Can we use leverage? No. No. And if we make money, we pay taxes. Yeah. So it fails in the core four. Yeah. So I don't like bank accounts. Yeah. Right. You're a conspiracy theorist. I'm not, a passive core four pillars.
0: I mean, for me, like very simple person, doesn't beat inflation, next. Yep, yeah. so money market account. I don't even know what those
1: are. Yeah, it's like high yield
0: savings. Okay.
1: Still not beating inflation. Okay. And it still fails the other ones. So that right? sounds really high right. yield, can't beat inflation. Yeah, now, Jimmy, your friendly neighborhood financial advisor tells you that you should save money in your 401k.
0: Yeah. So let's see is let's see if saving, let's see if a 401k well, so passes the savings vehicle. My simple mine, it's not liquid, it's not savings. Pass. Next. Can't do it, right? Yeah. So control.
1: I don't have it control the way I need it in a savings vehicle. Yeah. So it fails that. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just run through a life insurance policy. Okay. Well like, then also
0: it's subject to loss too. So now it's not. That's a now, third reason it's not savings. Now
1: it's not actually savings. Yeah, right. Okay. So now let's run through a life insurance policy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how much like let's go through that the the control risk part of it and the liquidity part of it, yeah break it down for us
0: so is it subject
1: is it subject to loss
0: I mean a lot of insurance companies have made it through every major economic crisis in this country, so everything on earth is subject to loss, but of your buffet of options, I would say these policies are your lowest.
1: Yeah. And a guarantee so is only a as, good, as good as the person writing it, right? So yeah. life insurance policies come with a guarantee and they come with the most credibility because they have the longest standing history behind the their guarantee.
0: They've been around for 200 years, so I can expect Probably them to be, be around, around for another 200.
1: Okay. So they, we have very low risk of loss. Yeah. Okay. Do they beat inflation? Yes. Yes, they do. They have for the last 200 years. Yes. Okay. So Are I can they, expect the next 200 years. That they will be as it. well. Are they liquid? Can I ask this? Yes. Okay. Unlike, 401ks or other savings, what we've been to, yeah. other savings vehicles. Well, quite
0: frankly, you can get more than $10,000 a month in your local bank. Kind of they don't want do that. Yeah. We
1: actually just had a client that a couple of weeks ago, we processed over a seven-figure policy loan. Yep. No problem, no questions, processed just like anything else. Yep. So highly, highly, highly liquid. Okay. And then from a tax perspective, do we ever have any future tax liability with anything that we do here?
0: Way, 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 way after you, in the future after you've made a ton, a ton of money. Yes,
1: you could. Yes. However, if we, stri- if this is why it's the vault strategy. The simple answer is
0: no. But like if I was some, who was that guy sure. at the event who just spent the whole day trying to yes. neener meaner yes. us on everything. Yeah. If I wanted to meaner, or
1: you you could find a way that there'd be a scenario that if we didn't run the system correctly, you could end up paying taxes. Yeah,
0: basically what that means if it goes back to a Mac or whatever, yeah.
1: right? But can we structure our, that's why it's a strategy and not a product, right? right? The vault isn't a life insurance. The vault is how we put them together, how we design them and how we use them. Yep. If we use them in accordance with the vault, no taxation ever. Sweet. So
0: yeah, quite frankly, I was sold once I heard that. That's it. I didn't care what had to happen.
1: Right. So now that we know that we're going to make money and we're going to save, keep the money, money save. we can now see that we're keeping money because we're keeping money by never losing it. Yeah. Remember when the market goes down, imagine looking at the loss of the market and then thinking to yourself, if I had to work to replace that, Take that loss and multiply it if you're an employee by 20 and if you're a business owner by a thousand, yep. that's how much you just lost if you're the one that had to go recoup it. Okay. And then more importantly, if we want to look at it as an investment, you just lost the one thing you can never get back, which is time. Yep. Cause it, so when we lose, we either have to pay for it with our active time or we pay for it with time we can never get back. Yep. Okay. So we'll, we'll never lose. Okay. We have access to the money. We don't have to pay taxes. So this whole concept of keeping our money safe, secured, and liquid becomes incredibly important. Absolutely. Okay. Now, the other part to this is, unlike there's no danger of over-saving with the vault, and we mentioned this with a 401k, is it possible that you could put too much money in your 401k? Yeah. Yeah. So we play this weird game with 401ks. And why would it be too much? Because
0: it's illiquid. Because it's illiquid. Yeah.
1: We play this weird game of I'm told to put every dollar in there possible. But then if things go wrong and I need access to money, then I put too much in there. And we're always playing this
0: this stressful game of responsibility. It's sold that you're responsible if you put them in a 401k. But if you don't have it for emergency, that's that's irresponsible. And here's
1: the honest truth as to why. Ryan and I are cash camels because we have used vaults as our primary savings vehicle from almost the beginning. I opened my first vault while still in college, but here's what it taught me. But wait, so technically,
0: so let's say I'm Brad and I'm a 50% saver, Mm -hmm. but that's not including when you'll pull it out of the vault and spend it. Exactly. You're just, initially when I get my check, I have a 50%, Uh but since it's liquid, I am not, it's almost like a gambler who never talks about his losses. Doesn't mean I'm never spending that money.
1: But I'm positioning it properly the first time. <laughs> but here's what, here's the, here's then what happens with yeah. that. Once I put the money in there, and then I want something, my brain gets to go to work to say, okay, I, I could go get my money from the, for sure. Yeah. Or maybe there's another way to pay for that. Right. Maybe there's another way I could get that done. And so yeah, I made gross 50 into my vault. But then what actually stays there is significantly more than if I'm grossing 10% to my vault and I, or to a 401k and then I don't have any other plan for the rest of the money because it just magically disappears. Right. Right. So I end up still net saving most more than the average person because I went through the disciplined habit of putting it aside right. first. And then when I went to spend it, I could ask myself the question, so I can get that, but do I really need to, or can I figure yeah. out a different way to do it? Yes. Yeah. And then the last part that we haven't even talked about, and this is, this is why saving 50% is so powerful. So every dollar that I'm not spending in the short term starts in my vault. Yeah. Because then when I do either invest it or spend it on a large ticket item or a down payment on house or whatever I end up accessing it for, it continues to work for me inside the savings vehicle. Okay. Where with, with cash so, in, a, in a checking account, we can't yeah, do that. Yeah, you in went the too far down the rabbit hole.
0: All right, so that's where we get leverage. Is that I, I couldn't believe this when I first understood this, but that dollar can be you can use it for a down payment in a rental house, and that does, the insurance company is still paying you a return on that dollar. Oh, but that sounds
1: like black magic. Okay, real yeah. Mr. Real Estate guy, explain yeah. this to me. Um, you sell real estate to people as investments all the time, right? Yep. Let's say your average, it's about a hundred thousand dollars for a house yep. in St. Louis, right? So if I paid cash for that house, okay. And then 10 years later, I, I want, I have need for money yep. for, for a large amount of money, $50,000. Yep. So you're saying you
0: put a hundred grand in the house. Yep. Okay.
1: Okay. And then I want $50,000. Yep. I could come to Jimmy and say, Hey, Jimmy, remember that house you sold me? You've been managing. Can you sell the house for me? So I can have $50,000. You'd say, sure thing. Sure. No problem. No problem. Right. Yeah. But if I sell the house, what do I give up? The house. I give up the house, which means- And the continuing cash flow. The stream. continuing cash flow yeah. and the fact that it might go up in value over time. Yeah. So I give up the other two pillars yeah. Right. in exchange for my cash. That's the cost of traditional liquidity. But if, I, if, if you then engage me in a conversation and say, hey, Brad, what do you need $50,000 for? And we started talking, is there another way with real estate- yeah, I'd probably give up just go to your
0: banker, get a line of credit but
1: interest, Jimmy, I don't want to pay interest. That sounds
0: dumb. And I had to be like, well, you can make more than the interest you're paying. Ah, on. That's called a cash flow. That's
1: called cash flow. So in real estate, this happens all the time. All day long. And I get to keep my house, get my $50,000 in cash. And by keeping the house, I still get all of the rent and all of the appreciation. Yep. I, and so, all the tax benefits. So my And all the tax benefits. So my dollars through leverage, I get to take it and do the thing I wanted to do and keep the investment and technically that
0: you have a dollar working in the house and now that same dollar is working in, in that next and in
1: whatever else i went and did with it right yeah. the only savings vehicle on the planet that follows the same rules and the same economic principles as real estate is a life insurance policy yeah. because that one when we access it it's exactly like and that quite a piece frankly, of real estate is
0: like that is the that's what's hiding in plain sight which yes. makes it so so vital to anybody's economic or financial plan.
1: It's the only vehicle that allows for leverage. You can use leverage because you do leverage in making money, right? Yeah. Systems and people and processes, yeah. right? We use leverage in investing, we use bank capital. Other people's money. Yeah. This is the only spot in the savings area, the keep money category, that we can also use leverage. So now 50% of my money goes in. It doesn't matter what else I'm doing, okay? it continues to work for me just like in a piece of real estate. So, whether or not the money stays in the vault, it continues to appreciate yeah. and it continues to cash flow.
0: And the fact that you can use $1 in two or three or four different assets is called velocity and then that's why we can make these bold claims that yes, you can become financially free in 10 years or less. If you add velocity to your dollar.
1: Yep. If we master core four, four pillars, we master, make, keep, and grow. And we use vehicles that allow our dollars to velocitize through that process. Yes. That's it. Yep. That's the secret of it. Now, everybody's like, oh, but Brad, you haven't told me. No, this is the secret. It's not about, I have a way that I can make a better return than your other advisor but I've positioned my capital to where I never am at risk of needing to go back and make $20 in my job or $1,000 in my business. And on the, on the back end of it, I never have to waste time making up losses. Yep. And then every dollar is earning core four, four pillars. And then I can roll right into my investments, core four, four pillars. I'm stacking those if, to velocitize and collapse time in my game plan. That's it.
0: Yep. It's not about, it, can't, it does not have the same, It's external rate of return when people talk about the the S&P, right? Yeah. Like, people's brain is so wrapped around that number. It's insane. Mm -hmm. But, like, just because you're insane and just because your head's wrapped around that, an 8% return or an 8% rise of the S&P actually... Dalbar says it equates to what a four percent return yeah, it's just, in your it's about, pocket. Yep, it's about is that before or after taxes?
1: So rolling over the last twenty years is before taxes. Rolling over the last twenty years is about just over five percent. So that after
0: taxes, it's around two. Yeah,
1: you're barely beating inflation. And so
0: the way I look at the vaults too is like generally they get a four percent return, right?
1: They have a guaranteed four percent yeah. baseline. Then
0: they make dividends on top of that. But a four percent tax rate return is equal to an eight at least an eight percent tax return. And that's a, a tax return now or a deferred tax return. Yeah, And so, like, I'm a very simple person. Like, I'm not going to – I didn't – when you guys were selling these to me, I didn't need you to run <laughs> the calculator.
1: Let's tell that story. I want to tell that story. So, you were meeting with Ryan, yeah. right? And he explained the core four, four pillars, and you're like – Well, and Like I said, I understood core four, yeah. four pillars. I knew I liked it. Yeah. Well, he showed you that the policy has core four, four, four pillars. I'm you're like, like sure, sign so me you're up. And Ryan's like, no, 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 no. Dude, like, we got to I got to show you this. You're like, just tell me
0: the policy. Yeah. Like, well, well, let me tell you, about- just tell me the policy. This is like three phone calls. Yeah. So like, why well, don't I have a policy? Just having the third call and like teach, right? And I, I was just like, dude, I, you know, we're new friends. I really like you, but I'm so bored right now. Just, <laughs> me the just,
1: just tell me what I need to do. Cool. Now uh, I promised this whole Joe Biden
0: conversation. Let's do that. So Jimmy was let's told- do COVID first. Oh yeah, let's, let's do, do COVID. Real- That's right. Let me let's do it. All right. So Nassim's lab. This is one of my favorite concepts, but if risk of return is either likely, or sorry, if risk risk of ruin is either likely or present, rate of return is completely irrelevant. Jimmy, that's... I'm pulling you out of the rabbit hole for a second because that's
1: that's, that's hard to slow that down. Okay, It will be an entire other podcast episode,
0: but break that down. So if risk of ruin... It's possible you can lose everything. I don't care you're at the water cooler and you're like, I made a 12% return. If you had to almost lose everything to make 12%, who cares? Right. That, and then so Taleb's thing is traditional financial planner planning, mm-hmm. ask everybody to enlarge the risk of ruin for a mediocre 8% before tax return.
1: Right. So think about it this way. like, Am I willing to, to bear a potential 40% loss? No. Plus, that's my dollar loss plus a decade to get back to where I was. So I'm losing 40% in 10 years to possibly get the most that I could ever get is maybe 12 or 15%. Yeah, As you see the imbalance in our risk and reward here, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, and it's just like
0: all traditional financial, like we beat up on traditional financial planning a lot. But like for me, I was out once I understood that like I'm trying to get a before tax 8% return, but I have a at any given day, As we've seen in 2020, I have a potential 30 to 40% loss. loss. I just, emotionally, I can't handle that. Yeah, and this
1: is why that type of planning doesn't work out because they don't, they don't understand this, Taleb lives his life in what he calls tail risk, right? That's what he's looking at. Yeah. Okay. And so
0: that was so like a risk or return and people consider me a very risky person, right? right? Uh, if there's a risk of return, I'm not even going to look into it. Yeah, but then
1: then we look at at real estate and we get that all the time. Like, oh, real estate is so risky. Well, we're not excited about real estate because of real estate, right? right. Flipping houses has a different risk, right? Yeah. I actively don't and- want to take that. Like, I'm not good enough, you know, back to the brain surgeon example. I'm not good enough in real estate to suck out the amount of risk that you can, yeah. right? but. If we participate in investment with all four pillars, the four pillars sucks the risk out for us. Case in point, I bought my first property in 2006. How was my timing? Horrible. Pretty terrible, right? It was the absolute top of the market, but I didn't lose any money because when appreciation dried up and went the other way, I still put cash in my pocket every month. I was still utilizing leverage and getting paid that way, and I wasn't paying any taxes. you were winning four ways. So had the
0: potential to win four ways. Exactly.
1: So when one went away and everybody else that was investing on one
0: lost, and I was still fine. And it, then, it in crowds my routes in society, when the one pillar of appreciation goes away, people lose their mind.
1: Yeah. So back to what we what we experienced inside of our community during COVID. Right. Yeah. We had been. Feeding people in this for 10 years, like secure all of the invest, all of your liquid capital inside of a vault.
0: And people in our community, I think it had to be tough when the market was on fire. It was impossible. I'm sure it was tough tough. for them because their brother-in-law is talking about they're making so much money. You know, they're not making any money because you have to reinvest all this stuff and they're not taking the cash. And, anyway, that's a and
1: we'll put a link to the video here as well. But we, we actually got people to give us a testimonial as we were in the depths of COVID, yep. asking them, what did the vault mean to you during a time with this much uncertainty?
0: Well, I'll just tell you, for me, I had two years worth of liquid savings in the bank. So I like the buzz of making money every month, but I knew Susie and the kids were fine. Yep, And so my brain could then work start solving problems instead of worrying about oh my god i just
1: lost half and and there were so many people i mean think about going through a crisis like that whether it's code or anything else yeah. right if i have to worry about now my kids are home from school or maybe i have somebody that's high risk or maybe i'm high risk myself or maybe i'm my job might not be here to have to deal with all of that added stress and then also think about is my money going to crumble right. i don't have access to all of that capital, if I do need it, like think about the increased stress on you to be able to solve the immediate problem. Like when when COVID hit, we called an emergency business meeting. I remember it was like eleven at night, yeah, and we were talking through business wise. I
0: was we concerned. had problems, yeah,
1: but we didn't have to spend a second of our time or an ounce of our brain power on our liquid capital or our long term investments because those were handled. Right, those were protected by the core four four pillars. We just got to deal with the problem that was in front of us,
0: and then. At, what, at the end of that call, I remember saying to you, it's like, oh, we're going to kill him. Man, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> this is so great. But since my, like, you cannot put, this is why rate of return is irrelevant. Like, if you're worried about, oh, this is another, t- I just read through this in my notes last week, but I'm, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try this. Let's see it. Okay. You need to survive to have a rate of return. Mm-hmm. You don't need a rate of return to survive. Think about that. that's brilliant so rate of return is so irrelevant it's a water cooler number it's an espn number it is
1: well think about think about world series of poker for a second right Yeah. starts out with 15 players or whatever it is right that the number one and number two player every round they won they won they won they won but the only person that at the end of the day ended up with any money the number two player if you looked at like each time he was winning and winning and winning, but then he got knocked out with nothing. Yeah. So his rate of return in round one didn't matter. Yep. How much money he made in round two didn't matter because he ended up giving it all back to the house.
0: There were 15 people started. One was a big winner. The rest were For 14 all Thanksgiving they turkeys.
1: all gave the money back. So if you have the potential to give the money back to the house, yep. your current at one point in time doesn't matter. Right. So the vault, again, the, I hope listening to this episode, it shifted our view about the intent and purpose. you not
0: doing the vault so you can brag to your friends about your rate of return. Uh, at all.
1: But you are the one that, that is not the Thanksgiving turkey because yeah. you understand risk. You understand the purpose of it and your capital's position appropriately. And we always get this pushback of people like, "But tell me what companies do you use and how do you structure it and, and what's the balance and how much do you
0: pay into it." That's one of my favorite conversations. Because like, they want to start shopping companies. Yeah, uh, and they're like, "What company?" They're like, "I don't know, whatever Ryan told me to." What? Whatever one works, like, right? Ryan, what's the website? But if you,
1: but if you don't, you had a vault at last. I don't, the vault I forgot about. <laughs> you forgot about conference. that? Is a great story. So last year we get a notice of like payment overdue. Reach out to your client. We're like, "What moron?" didn't make their payment. We pulled up Ah Jimmy bring that more so, <laughs> We had to call Jimmy be like, dude, you didn't pay your vault. He's like, Well, I did too. And we had to go back. Yeah, it was one that he forgot yeah. that he had. That's how it made I forgot it was there was money. 40 grand in it. Yeah.
0: So that was but a bad, you can't forget a 401k yeah. cost. We
1: all know what it feels like to reach into your
0: pocket on laundry day and find a twenty dollar bill. Yeah. Like,
1: sweet. Jimmy found
0: a forty thousand dollar vault at his G's pocket that day. day. It was a good day. <laughs> oh so because there was like I think 2017. Because like I'm, I'm 10 quick start. Now, I did overdo this. I did go too far, but I had to go too far to find a boundary. To find the limit. But I was calling Ryan like every like 45 days. Like, all right, ready for another policy. Yeah. And so the one I forgot about was the last one I- That you started up. Yeah.
1: Okay. So again, we're trying to bring perspective to the principles, the frameworks, and the formulas, right? Not the detailed tactics of this guy said this versus that. If we don't understand what we talked about the podcast episode today of the strategy of the vault, which is ensuring that we're protecting and keeping as much money before we ever have the conversation of going out to invest, then none of the rest of the detail matters, okay? So that's the intent. And the last thing I want to wrap up with is I've teased you with this Joe Biden thing, but Joe Biden, when he when he started to run for the presidency in 2019, he filed, and you go look this up, Google Like this is, the only reason I want to bring this to you is like, because it's hiding in plain sight. It's hiding. Everybody's doing and it. And here's the proof. Google Biden Form 278E. Okay, this is an ethics disclosure that anybody running for public office has to fill out. Because but, and this
0: isn't Biden. It was Trump. It was Hillary. Right. It, it, this is just the most recent one. As time Trump has gone on, Ryan and Brad will always go look we'll at the politicians. the next and person. And they'll see them all.
1: Okay, so Jimmy, disagree with me if I'm wrong here. A billionaire knows how the inside of the system works.
0: They probably got pretty good at the
1: it. The highest ranking politicians know how the inside of the For system works. Sure. Okay, so those people know the deepness of what's going on. Yeah. And this is a form where they have to disclose where they made all of their money because the person running our country, like we want to make sure there's no conflict of interest here. Right. That's what the form is intended to do. So it shows everywhere they made their money and then it shows all the investments that they have. Yep. There are seven lines on his other investments. He's got seven really, He has seven Vault structured whole life insurance policy.
0: He's got more than me. More than me going crazy on Wow.
1: Seven. Yeah. They're different, all listed out. He's a little out. older than me though. Oh, so, uh, yeah. slightly. Yeah. Now, so he had yeah' probably get a out soon actually. So he's got seven vaults, okay? The yeah. most connected to any potential investment out there. He has seven of these. Yeah. And then there was an interesting liability line that he had. So there's other liabilities.
0: Yeah.
1: Policy loans. So not only does he so have he knows them, how it works. he knows that it's important to access these from time. And the date stamp when that line of credit was opened, uh-huh. 1983. Interesting. So Biden's been doing this for the last 30 years. Uh-huh. This is not a new thing, right? And like you said, this isn't just Biden. I'm a nerd enough that every time we get new politicians yeah. running for office, I'm not learning about their political stance. I'm looking at their finances and yeah. their money and their tax returns because all of that's disclosed. So this is something we've seen over and over. And again, I also got to see, so I worked in the private wealth division in Goldman Sachs. So we were working with the highest profile clients. Like if I could tell you people's tax returns, like wet ink signatures that I had in my hands, yeah, blow your mind. yeah. Okay? And this was a common recurring thing. But these
0: ultra wealthy aren't doing this to become ultra wealthier. It's they're doing it to protect the they, wealth. They're
1: have. always more concerned about that they know that the most important piece of make, keep and grow is how much are they keeping? Right. How much are they protecting and how are they positioned to then go do what they're good at, whether that's making money or investing money. Right. Cool. So that wraps up the episode. Hopefully you guys learned something. I love podcast medium because we get to go into these conversations as much as I love spreadsheets. Really, the spreadsheets for me are a way to be able to tell a story, yeah. a way to be able to see into reality and hopefully missing well, to talk about that. that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to, I actually don't want to get overly, in, there there are, we didn't even get into death benefit, legacy planning, estate yeah. planning, uh, long-term care benefits. Like we didn't get into where insurance companies invest. We didn't even get into the fact that in this last financial stimulus bill, there was a, a, a clause buried deep in there to ensure that life insurance companies are going to be around for the next 200 years that nobody talked about. We didn't right. even get into all of that stuff. Yeah. Okay. But the point is none of that matters. If we don't understand core four, four pillars, make, keep and grow. That positions the conversation for the vault, independent of a product. It's not a product, it's a system. It's a way that we think about and operate
0: with our money. It's a system where you can execute principles and frameworks.
1: Yep, and anyone can do it, right? A super nerd like I am or a meathead like Jimmy can both of us use the vault and get the same outcome. That's the most incredible part. Of how Can I do the here. call to action this week?
0: Let's have it. So if you're willing to give up your conversations at the water cooler about what a great investor you are and what a great return you are, and I'm going to day stamp this because my phone's blowing up because of um, the, uh, what is this thing blowing up today?
1: Oh, uh, GameStop. Yeah, the GameStop. market manipulation. I'm
0: watching a thread on my phone, from a, <laughs> college, a college thread. The people who've done well on GameStop are now like strutting. They're strutting about what good investors they are. And as soon as I get this podcast, I'm going to... Go rip this. Jimmy's just, gonna,
1: Jimmy's just gonna text everybody his monthly cash flow number. Well, it's just like this is what <laughs>
0: frustrates me. And it's like so if you're willing to give up that roller coaster ride, because look, I believe people are on roller coasters because they want to be and they're addicted to it. If you're willing to give up your water cooler numbers and really just want peace of mind and protection of your wealth, come to Facebook, do our five day financial freedom challenge. And the great thing is when you're off that roller coaster, your brain has a lot of other things to do. And you can make a lot more money and be a lot better at investing. Right. So cashfortactics.com
1: forward slash five-day challenge, or I think just, just uh, cashflowtactics.com challenge is what it would be, or find our Facebook group. Yeah, our, our marketing game's so tight right now, you just put for Tactics. Where? It'll oh, find you, you won't find it. it. All right, with that, join us on the next episode.
0: All right. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Rise Up Live Free podcast. If you're not
1: subscribed already, then be sure to do that right now so you can get all of the latest information downloadable right to your phone. But before you go, what would it be like and feel like if you had your own personalized financial freedom game plan? If you like that, head over to cashflowtactics.com forward slash five day challenge. There, we'll walk you through step-by-step in just 30 minutes a day. Over the course of five days, we'll show you what's working, what's not, where you're stuck, and help you gain clarity for probably the first time ever in exactly what it will take for you to be on the path to financial freedom in just 10 years or less. If you're ready to go, join us at cashflowtactics.com forward slash five-day challenge. Until next time, take control over your finances, rise up,
0: and live free.